Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I'm Kyle Knight, I'm the youth and digital minister here at Fathom. Thank you for listening in wherever you're at. Uh, today, we have kind of our, I mean, sort of last, I guess, updated episode in the series of our Meet the Staff series. Um, Karina Bost is here with us. Good morning, Karina. It's Good morning. morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good Chris day. is here with us. Pastor Chris. Hello. Hello. There you go. Um, I we we feel, I feel like we've done this already with Karina, but we technically haven't. Karina's been on a couple times talking about um, mission stuff, and we've gotten to know her a little bit. But now, since she's on staff, we've got to add her to the the Meet the Staff series. So this is all about you, Karina. <laughs> great great um hey karina first question what's your favorite animal oh there you go a lion good to know that's my favorite animal too lions are the best okay well thank you for that first question um so let, let's just let's get to know you so our listeners and hopefully fathom churches is, is listening and and getting to know you a little bit better hopefully they know you by now but if they don't um this will be a good 20, 25 minutes or so of, of getting to know you, but why don't you just tell us, tell us about yourself, where you grew up, um, and kind of your, 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 your church experience, your schooling, your family, all that kind of stuff, however deep you want to get. And we'll just keep asking questions. Yeah. So, um, I Colorado native born and raised, I grew up the first six years of my life at Camp Idrahaji up in Bailey, Colorado. So I know some of you probably know where that's at. Um, my parents were on full-time staff, so that was a great place to start. So you my... grew up there. Yep, like it was a got... great place to grow up. <laughs> what kid doesn't want to grow that's up fun. on camp property, oh, yeah. right? Um, after that, my we lived in Evergreen for like a year, but then we moved to southwest Colorado to a tiny town called Mancus. It is in between Cortez and Durango. And if you've actually ever been to Mesa Verde, Mesa Verde's address is actually Mancus. So oh. if, you've been to Man- if you've been to Mesa Verde, you've probably been to Mancus. You just didn't realize it. Um, we moved. I love there. it when I go places and I don't realize it. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's pretty much you blink and it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So we moved down there, though, because my dad became the pastor of a church down there, Summit Lake Community Church. That's the church I grew up in. And that's kind of... The place in the place in my life, well, like I said, born at a Christian camp, my dad was a pastor. God has always been in my life. And there isn't a really a point where I can be like, that's the moment. It was more of like a gradual building of understanding and just really seeing the faith of my parents lived out that really kind of solidified Christ in my own life. Mm-hmm. And then after I graduated high school, it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, I can't piggy tail off my parents' faith. It has to be my my own. I live right next door to a church my whole life. So going to church was just rolling out of bed and walking down the driveway. But when you graduate and you're like, oh, I have to pick a church and commit to going on my own. Uh, that's where you, it, you have to decide, like, this is my faith. This is what I want to pursue. This is what I believe. So, yeah. So after I graduated, that's kind of my parents actually moved to Thailand. So I always joke that my family abandoned me, so I had to start my own. <laughs> so Kevin and I actually you got did. married. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. They did. They did. <laughs> Kevin and I got married pretty young, and then we started our family. So we have three kids. Kevin and I just celebrated our 
18th wedding anniversary. Ooh, congratulations. Yep. yep. And so we have three kids. Haley is our oldest. She is a senior this year at Columbine. And then Jordan is a sophomore at Columbine. And our youngest is Peyton. And he is a seventh grader at Ken Carroll Middle School. Uh, I have, I guess that I don't really know. That's pretty much it as far as my story goes. <laughs> yeah, I like Good. it. I like it. Um, tell, tell us what growing up with, uh, in, a, in a ministry family in a small town was like. <clears throat> yeah, I wish I could say it was the best, but I found myself pushing against it actually, because no one wants to be friends with a pastor's kid. We can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be friends with a pastor's kid in the small everyone town. Lo- everyone loves Harper. Thank you for okay. adding. Thank everyone you for adding to Harper. everyone in a small town. In a small town. Little town. Yes. Everyone okay. knows <laughs> that you're the pastor's kid. And not only that, my dad was heavily involved in the school with coaching mm. and community. And a lot of people looked up to my dad, which was a great thing. But that also meant like they didn't want to invite you to the party and then like be like, have you go home and tell your dad that's the pastor and the coach. Hey, guess who was at the party? And I'm like, well, if I was at the party, it's not like I'm going to be spouting my lip. But I found myself pushing against it a lot to show I wasn't perfect. I wasn't like some some stereotypical pastor kid, which maybe made me a stereotypical (laughs) pastor kid on one hand. But I. I found it really hard and kind of lonely. Hmm. Um, I was very lucky that I had three sisters. And in a lot of ways, they were my best friends because I think they're kind of, they were all in the same place as I was. Yeah. Pastor's kid in a small town. Not to say I didn't have good friends or people I hung out with, but I did find it very isolating on one hand and found myself kind of trying to rebel to be like, I'm not, I'm not a pastor's kid. I'm just a normal person. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you hear all these horror stories about, PKs, pastors, kids who essentially walk away from their faith because mm-hmm. of a bad experience in the church or a bad or or you know not having feeling like they've been abandoned essentially by their parents or by their dad if he's the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so so how would as you reflect back, like how did you how did you maintain your own faith mm-hmm. uh, even through what is difficult circumstances mm-hmm. like that? I think I was fortunate in the sense that my parents truly lived out their faith. It wasn't, our struggles weren't hidden. You know, when we came to things that were hard, my parents were open. We knew we were, they were praying about it. We knew that, um, you know, that allowed us to see God working in our family's lives. So it really established an unshakable faith that God was real in my life. So regardless of, how ridiculous I was being or juvenile or just downright rebellious. I knew God was real mm-hmm. and having that unshakable foundation really left no other option, but to remain rooted in Christ. Yeah. Well, we're thankful that you did. And I know <laughs> yeah. your dad, so I'm going to tell him everything that you said. So the the same thing that happened when you were this. a PK as, yeah. as a kid, it happens here. Mancus or not, you know, right. Right. So <laughs> cool. Um, Kevin is your husband. Yes. Um, I think if a lot of people might know Kevin, he was on, he was on here a few weeks ago. That wasn't that long. Yeah. Um, not that long ago. Uh, you met Kevin, got married. Tell us a little bit about, um, uh, a little little bit about that with his whole 
what he does and everything? Like, how is how is that? Yeah, so we actually met at Camp Hydrahaji. We were both counselors there. You'll see so Camp many memories. I know it runs in my blood. <laughs> so we were counselors there. Met the summer after I graduated high school. Started dating at the end of the summer. We're married a year later. Um, and I, it's funny because when we were dating, I was like, I'm not going to be married to a police officer. He had mentioned it one day, and I'm like, no, that's just not going to happen. So he didn't really pursue it. But I would say I was pregnant with Jordan, I think. So two, three years later, I don't know, three years later, I can't do the math. Uh, he, I, we were just driving, and out of nowhere, God just gave me a piece about it. And I was like, you know, if you want to be a police officer, I support that. So he kind of applied right away. Like you gotta, you gotta jump on, yeah, strike, man. That's the same thing with me and Marcy. As soon as she was like, maybe we should plant a church. It's like, let's do it. You know, yeah, I get it. No No backseat. So, um, but it really, truly was like a piece from God that, and now you know, eighteen years later, I can clearly see God has wired him Mm -hmm. as a law enforcement officer. He. It's just the way he functions. It's it's how he is his best self. So it's just kind of funny that the fear that I initially labeled that that job has ended up being like a true piece in my life, knowing that God's the one watching out for him. It doesn't matter. He could be a bus driver. I don't mm-hmm. know. And, and he could get in an accident. I mean, there's nothing that's really safe, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but it's, you know, getting married young, you kind of grow up together. So. Mm-hmm. I think the first few years we were just kind of figuring things out, but I, I feel very thankful and very blessed to have Kevin in my life. Yeah, so good. Um, and and I asked him this on his podcast, and, and he talked. You've listened to it, right? The, yes. yes. Um, it's <laughs> that was a hesitant. Yeah. By the way, you really should. You right. can't lie talked. on the podcast. <laughs> it's like being under oath. He talked extensive extensively about his family, and it was. It was very sweet. It was awesome. But we talked a little bit about like how, from his perspective, how, how, what he does kind of affects his family, um, from your perspective, like what, how, how has, um, kind of like where, like you growing up and then you guys meeting each other and now what he does, like from your side, how has that kind of affected your family? How do you think your family's doing with, with all that? Mm -hmm. There is, I read an article years ago that's kind of talked about things that law enforcement families only get. And I think the biggest one that stood out to our family is the lack of being able to 100% commit to anything. And so kind of the stress and struggle of knowing that, oh, there's a wedding. I probably will have to show up alone. There's a family event. I'll probably have to show. And my kids have shared that same struggle, you know, like, hey, I have a concert at school. Will dad be there? Not in a negative sense, because they understand what he does and he respects it, but also just, I think it's more along the lines of explaining to people who don't understand, like, oh, yeah, he said he'll be there, but you never know what the world's going to hand you. And it's not like he can be like, oh, there's a car accident. Sorry, I clock out in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Peace out. So I think for that, our family has, has... Kind of battled through that on one hand, but I think that the kids have also seen and appreciated like how hard Kevin works for them, and they're they're all daddy's kids. Haley's <laughs> totally a daddy's girl, and my boys totally just look up to him as you know just a man that they admire and look up to. So 
I don't know. Did that answer your question? Yes. <laughs> yes. You should listen to the podcast though. It's really good. Just letting you know. I mean, well, and it, I, I think that, but I think that's really helpful to, <laughs> to, I mean, he is a first responder. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he doesn't get to be a second responder. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get to be when it's a convenient responder. He's a first mm -hmm. responder, whether he's on or on call or goodness gracious, the world's you know been set on fire. I got to go in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, you're right. There's a sacrifice that's involved for, from the whole family for that. And I think that's one of the things that doesn't get spoken about a whole lot when we talk about, oh, the, you know, our first responders we want to just mm. honor our first responders yeah and the crew that they that that they go home to every night because mm -hmm. that's a huge deal so hey can i turn the corner mm -hmm. let's turn the corner here and will you talk to us about um living in littleton how you came to like what what church has looked like for you and mm -hmm. your family and then how you came to fathom like mm -hmm. tell us that story tell us that progression so when my parents moved to thailand it was natural for me to move back up to Denver. Um, well, actually, I moved in with my grandparents into Indian Hills. Uh, at that point, they were like my closest family left in the state. So I moved up to Colorado, uh, up to this area. And when Kevin and I first got married, we, you know, found an apartment that was the best deal we could find. And at that point, I don't know why we picked Littleton, probably because Kevin grew up in Littleton and we both were pretty familiar with it. So why not? And at that point, we went to, I think we went to, uh, I don't know, it's not even called that anymore. It was called Centennial Community Church, but now it's called something else. Now it's Waterstone. Waterstone. Yeah. Um, and we went there because we had known some people there, but it was really easy to just be a member in a big body of believers. And I think that they have good stuff going there, but for us as young people, newly married, little kids... And me growing up in a very small town with a church that was, you know, very small. I was very uncomfortable in that situation just because I didn't know how. And you go from being the pastor's kid to just a body in the in the sea of people in the pews in the chapel, right? I didn't really know how to function in that. And I knew I wanted to be involved in a church at a deep level, but I was very intimidated by the numbers. So at that point, we started kind of looking for another church. And um, if you know the Bushmans, they go to Fathom. If you don't know them, you should know them. They're awesome. But they kind of talked us into going to Indian Hills Church, which was the church my dad grew up in, my grandma, my granny. My great-grandma was a founding member, so it was a church I was familiar with. So it was kind of like, okay, we can go to Indian Hills. And then from there, we kind of followed the Bushmans to a couple different churches. <laughs> Wherever they went, we went. And I... I think it's because Kathy, she has actually played a foundational role in my life as a godly woman, like a godly mother and a godly wife. She's kind of one of the people I look to that's like, I don't know if I would be where I am at today as a mm. mom and wife if it wasn't for Kathy. Mm. And so I think I was clinging to that connection. Yeah. And we kind of followed them to a few churches, a couple church plants, and that did end up falling apart. Just, you know, it's the nature of the the game, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, then we ended up at another bigger church that I think we were just a little weary of the church church planting scene. Um, and I, I just was kind of exhausted from watching churches I loved fall apart. Mm. So we we're like, let's just go to a church that's solid. Mm. 
that's big. I, at this point, I didn't care. We just knew we needed to go to church. And so we were going to a bigger church and I was still struggling. Same mm. situation. You know, it's easy to show up, harder to get involved. So Kevin and I were really praying about finding another church, but I had created this list of unrealistic things. I I had been like, we're not going to church. That's not this and this and this and this. And, and, I, and my dad's like, you just created heaven. Like that church doesn't <laughs> exist on earth because, and he's like, those are good things to look for, but you're not going to find it on earth because we're all humans. Yeah. And, and if you find it, don't go there because you'll wreck it. So I was stubborn though. And I really dug in my hills. So I was like, I don't care. This is what I'm waiting for. Uh, but I, I did come around to my senses. So as Kevin and I were praying, I knew I was being ridiculous. And so we just started praying that God would present the right church. And in the same week, uh, I was recommended to Fathom by a friend and my father. And I'd never heard of it before. And I had no idea anything about it. But my dad, who's also an Acts 29 pastor, had said, it's an Acts 29 church. I want to go check it out. He was in town from Thailand. And uh, so I was like, all right, let's let's go. And after coming for a couple Sundays and Kevin and I praying, we knew God was calling us to stay. And he was calling us to commit to Fathom, which considering our church history was asking a lot. I felt like it was mm -hmm. asking a lot, but at the same time I was like, Oh, Fathom, sure. We'll commit here and we'll dig deep and we'll, we'll commit a hundred percent for the long game. So yeah, that's where we're at. I remember that first Sunday when you guys walked in and, <laughs> and, and the great, one of the, my favorite things is that the Bushmans followed you here. <laughs> so that makes me really happy that like you were kind of just trekking after them. And then they were like, all right, we'll come to Fathom too. And now we love those guys. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's super awesome. Um, okay. So why don't we move into kind of like the last six months because, mm -hmm. because you coming on as a staff member, like moving from a, a, a member of a church, you know, a congregant, this is my church home to, Hey, I want to see the underbelly. I mm -hmm. want to get my hands dirty in a different way. Mm -hmm. Talk, talk to us about that. Like what was, what, how did that work? What sparked that? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, walk us in that. So I have, uh, I had been working for a missions organization and through COVID and their financial, you know, I think drop in financial giving, I was one of the few that was paid by the, um, by the organization instead of support based. So I, I was laid off. Um, but missions was still a huge, it's just a huge part of who I am from a young age. I have been in that we did cover on the missions podcast. So yeah. I'm sure of it. So if you want to know mm -hmm. that story, you can go there, but I missions is just in my blood and it's something I'm very passionate about. So I knew I wanted to be missionally involved in whatever, wherever I went, you know, in the backside of missions, God clearly hasn't called me to go overseas. Uh, once again, if you want to know that story, that was mm -hmm. on the missions. Was podcast. On the <laughs> so <clears throat> I was just looking around for a job and I don't know if you guys all know this, but missions has been part of Fathom, not just recently. And I have been part of the missions teams since the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but those all kind of struggled to gain traction for one reason or another. And so Chris knew this and Chris knew I was looking for a job. So 
one day he's like, hey, let's chat. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> when your lead pastor wants to chat with you, I was like, what did I do? That means that he has Hurry, something to talk. request. <laughs> yeah. You're either in trouble or he needs something. Or, yeah, yeah. I, told, I told Kevin, I'm like, I feel like I'm he's like in the principal's office all of a sudden. Yeah, my office is real scary, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, and that's where um, I was approached with the idea about becoming the missions minister and Chris and I just kind of started talking and brainstorming what that would look like and how we would move forward with that. And it was really exciting to be presented with that opportunity. And immediately I was terrified because I'm like, I've been working in missions for eight years and been missionally minded my whole life, but I suddenly felt really unprepared and unqualified. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I knew that if I stepped into this position, I wanted to do it well. I wanted to honor God. I wanted to do it biblically. So I took a course. There's a course called Perspectives. And it's like the missions course. You can take it at universities, but you also an adult, you can also just take it. So I went home that night and I registered for Perspectives. And I'm like, if Chris wants me to do this, let's do this. So I enrolled in Perspectives to kind of build a foundation for my missional understanding. And then kind of halfway through that, officially came on staff. Yeah. And we've been kind of hashing out the philosophy of philosophy of missions at Fathom and what that will look like. And we're still still rolling with it. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm super pumped. Like you, you say, well, I had eight years of experience and I felt totally unprepared. Like that's a great sign. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, because number one, you do have eight years of experience. And to say, well, I probably should learn some more, that's a great yeah. sign. I mean, if we ever as, you know, what do they say? Leader, readers are leaders or, you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, whatever lame, like leaders are learners, you know, we, yeah. You, mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to be a good leader in any role, in any mission, in mm -hmm. any sort of ministry context, man, you better be open-handed with what you know and what you don't know mm -hmm. and ready to continue to grow. And so mm -hmm. I think that's, to me, that's just like, yeah, green flag, green flag, like all these <laughs> things. Like the minute mm -hmm. I said, hey, what about this? And you're like, I better sign up for a court. You called me and we're like, I'm, I'm in perspectives now. And I was like, okay, like, this is awesome. So cool. So cool. I don't know what other questions um, you have, I, Kyle. Maybe, maybe some, some lighthearted questions a little bit. What yeah. are you, what are you, um, what are your interests? What are some of the fun things you like to do with yourself or your family? Mm -hmm. And I love hiking and backpacking. Unfortunately, I don't get to do enough backpacking with high schoolers. <laughs> Well, with kids who were always actively involved in sports and now high schoolers, the summer months just go by too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but we do love to be outside camping, all of that, anything outdoorsy. I love to do typography, which for those of you who don't know that, that's just fancy writing. <laughs> I think it's fun. Uh, you do I, fancy writing? Fan, it's type, fancy yep, writing. Yep, fancy writing. Like calligraphy? Is it's that the same thing? I don't even know. It. It's know. more like. Is it like the posters that all the women's ministries do these yeah. days? Okay, right on. I know what you're talking about. It's just like big swoopy letters, blessed, right? Or you like take a quote, <laughs> you like take a quote and you write it out all cool. Yeah. And add little images. I wouldn't say I'm artistic, but I've kind of find a, found a niche in, in typography. So this is helpful stuff. We need to know these yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. For real. Uh, I, I love hanging out with my kids. One of my favorite pastimes was watching my sons play football. None of them are playing right now, so I'll watch my daughter's boyfriend play football. I just love, <laughs> I love football. It actually doesn't even matter. Uh, my my team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. I know that just lost me a lot of points, but 
my grandpa grew up in in Pittsburgh. And when I was a young kid, it was be a Broncos fan like my family or be a Steelers fan like my grandpa. And I picked the Steelers and it stuck. So see, and I'm the complete opposite because my mom's from Pittsburgh. My grandparents (laughs) are Pittsburgh. My extended family is all from Pittsburgh and they all love the Steelers. And I'm the only Broncos fan (laughs) in the family. So we're a house divided. Uh-huh. Haley and I are Steelers fans. The boys are Broncos fans. But it's fine. Like I always say, <laughs> I will watch any football game that's on and yep. cheer for somebody. There's teams I don't cheer for, but I will cheer for someone in any game. So okay, that's pretty yeah, much that's good. Some of uh, movie that everybody should see. Oh, dear goodness. I don't know. Is that like, is that, is that like, what's your favorite movie? I don't care what your favorite movie is because some people are like, oh, I love this one obscure, weird movie. Well, you shouldn't see it. Like what's a movie that everybody should see? They should watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Mm. What's a book that everybody should read? Fiction. Fiction. Um, The False Prince trilogy. The False Prince trilogy. I read it. (laughs) It's because I told you to read it and you read it. I know. Yeah, you liked it more than I did, so that's great. <laughs> Apparently, I like young adult fiction or okay. like youth fiction. Mm, yeah, that works. Okay. What else? I mean, I already asked what favorite animal is, so we've really covered the, the deep dive here. That's true. What's your favorite color? Purple. I say purple, but I think in real life it's actually blue. But everyone says blue, so I tend to say purple. Here's my here, okay. Here's the right. here's the last question, the most important question. Uh-oh. What's your go to Chipotle order? Mm, yep. So <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's get to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned the other day, Chris likes to go to Chipotle with people, and then at the end switch orders. So I'm just waiting for the day when I go with Chris, and I'm going to order something completely different, and then he'll have to eat it. So no, I won't do it. I don't tell you until after the fact. Well, anytime I go to Chipotle with you, I will not order my go-to just in case. I, I understand you do that. You have never done that with me. Well, that's because I've seen on? what you order. <laughs> but my go-to oh, is usually a burrito bowl okay. with just white rice, chicken. I like the pico and the corn salsa, sour cream and cheese. No beans. And no beans. Okay. Tortilla on the side. Tortilla on the side. Pico and corn. Mm-hmm. The double salsa gal. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm impressed. I like to do, I don't, usually a whole burrito is, that's more than I can eat. So that's why I do a tortilla on the side, because then you can save it and you're, you don't have a soggy burrito. I like it. (laughs) I like it. Well done. I I still stand by my statement that there's not a bad order at Chipotle. Um, So. Unless you're going with the brisket. No, I think the brisket's fine. It's just not Uh, great. It's not my favorite meat. Well, whatever. We don't need to go there. (laughs) (laughs) We won't go there. Uh, but thank you, Karina. Thank you for sharing more about you um, and your family and how you how you got here to Fathom. We are very grateful that you are here um, leading up our missions team. We are excited about what that looks like mm-hmm. in the future. So thank you for being here, Chris. Thank you for being here. My uh, pleasure. Yep. Church, thank you for listening in and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.